0: All right, everybody, welcome to the 341st edition of the Holy Backboard podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man, Sage here. Just
1: finished dealing with technological problems, which is the worst. But you know what isn't the worst? Talking about this draft class once again. So I'm very excited to be here on this Wednesday afternoon in a very temperate and very comfortable apartment. So
0: uh, I'm ready to talk about this. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing good taking a you know an early lunch here and ready to do I love these these late afternoon podcasts like perfect timing relaxing just get to dive and I've been stoked about this uh for for quite some time uh clearly we're on board with with keeping that that number three overall pick unless it's for like a massive game changer and you only have to give up one other asset like it's not just like Three and Ant and Nurk and every other pick under the sun. Like if you're able to do three and Ant and get like Brandon Ingram or Anthony Davis, by all means, go out and do it. But you know, seeing these Jalen Brown rumors, and I want to touch on this right, right quick before we get into our big board because I didn't think it warranted an entire episode dedicated to it. I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. If you're looking, if you're in the camp of let's try to win with Dame. I think you have to look at three positions to improve upon, and that's the small forward, power forward, and center. You've got Dame as your point guard, and I'll argue until I'm blue in the face, but Shaden Sharp is currently the second best blazer on the roster after what he showed over those final 10 games. And so why are you looking to use your only real asset to get a player that is comparable? Yes, he's better than Shaden right now, but he's you're, you're replicating that that same position in a 6-6 Jalen Brown versus a 6-5 Shaden Sharp, isn't that the same thing we've seen with Damon CJ and then now Damon Anfernee? So if the Blazers are going to go ahead and make a trade, it has to be for a position that you can start to build out the roster. You don't want to have duplication. Um, also, I don't love the idea of trading the best asset we've had since 2007, Uh, In the number three pick for a player who is an unrestricted free agent after the next season, a lot can go wrong in the course of 12 months. I don't care if Dame gives you reassurances. I don't care if there's a handshake, wink, wink. We've seen in the past, specifically Carlos Boozer in 2004 with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was a restricted free agent. He had a handshake deal that says, hey, make me unrestricted. We'll go out and get you a bigger contract. Yeah, you're going to sign with the Cavs. No, what does he do? He bolts for Salt Lake City and signs with the Jazz that same offseason, leaving uh, the Cavaliers and their newly acquired LeBron James high and dry. Players are going to do what's best for them. They're they're not going to say, oh, we made that deal 12 months ago. I'm going to stick to it. I mean, we've seen this time and time again. So I don't think that's very feasible or I don't think it's very responsible for an organization to give up all of those assets for a player that could bolt at the end of the next season. And then you also have to look Sage, as much as I love Shade and Sharp, what's the one thing he really needs to work on? His handle and his playmaking. What's the area of weakness of Jalen Brown? It's the playmaking and the handle. He struggles trying to split those double teams. He stumbles over himself. He has a hard time creating opportunities for himself. If you're gonna add a player, it shouldn't have the same weaknesses as one of your your cornerstones, right? And so
1: you need to rep out these issues with Shaden. Exactly. I don't think you can rep it out with with Jalen. He's been in the league too long. I mean, we've seen him try and make, to split double teams or try and break somebody down, and he his handle just isn't good enough. It's we need not to good enough. we need to we need to rep it out with Shaden. Hopefully, he can get to a place where he can get. You know, a a go-to move and counters off of it. It's just like I just worry about how having Dame, Jalen Brown, Jeremy Grant, because you have to re-sign him if you're trading Ant and Nurk and three. So you're you're kind of short-term building it, where Dame's Twilight, Jalen's in the middle of his career, and
0: Shaden has so much left. You said oh. exactly what I was thinking. The Blazers are like, hmm, Let's, let's building on two timelines? No, three. let's galaxy brain Let's build three timelines because you've got Dame at 33. Jalen Brown's going to be, what, 26, 27, and Shaden's 19 to 20. That's three to- separate timelines you are now trying to build upon, and that that's just
1: beyond does, comprehension. Does Dame, Dame Jalen, and Jeremy... And the shooting sharp that if Chauncey Billups is the head coach, is not touching the ball much. Is that going to win a chip? Well, is you, that going to make the plan? magic
0: words? No matter what the Blazers get with this third pick, if you try to trade to win now, you still have Chauncey Billups as your head coach. When there is just an insane amount of coaching talent right available on the market that I think would love to coach Damian Lillard in this incredible market. Right, that the fans are passionate about basketball here in and rip city and no we're just we're just going to run it back with chauncey Billups. do you really want to spend the number three pick and have that player be coached by chauncey Billups? and let's say they fall short of expectations and now you're you're firing Billups after year three and maybe that player wants to walk maybe it doesn't work but what, what have you done you've wasted another year off of lillard's and and shayden's you know. you know, you do have a much more margin for error with Shaden because he's 19, going to turn 20. He still has got a decade plus. If you draft this player at three, you can say, okay, we're just going to write that year off. We're going to get a new fresh start with a head coach. You're still going to have that decade plus to win with. So those are the reasons why say no to Jalen Brown. I'm personally rooting for the Celtics to keep winning because I want no part of that. You have to, there. like Brad Stevens is a smart man. If he wants to trade you Jalen Brown, you have to, you know, the Brian horse meme. Why why are, why are they doing that? You have to get your antennas up because uh, it's like dealing with the Spurs back in the day. Like you don't want what they don't want. Like, and it's, don't, it's just so much more money. Like we're so. He's, ha- he's, because he made second team all NBA, he is getting super duper max. Yep. And then you're going to still be paying Dame super duper max money. And Jeremy Grant's going to want a big old bag. Yep. You got, and then that
1: means there's permanency of Jeremy Grant, Jalen Brown, and Dame. How like it's it's going to become like Aaron Rodgers is just chilling on the bench while these older usage f- monsters are just sh- taking everything. I seriously don't think with Jalen and Dame and Jeremy, you're going to get Shaden's going to get the ball. It's going to be just like the seventy games where he was in the
0: corner board. Yep, and also lastly, who is rebounding the basketball? that's no the one. portland's biggest weakness jeremy grant needs to rebound more than four times a game i you're going a little bit smaller on the wings with Jalen and Shaden, both i think are two guards and i think it's a similar situation of josh hart playing the three when josh hart should be playing the two like we've done the smaller positions. Well, and, and nerf's
1: gone too so who's the center exactly
0: yep so i wanted to Touch on that before we get into the nuts and bolts of this episode, which is our big board. We did this last year. It was super fun. This year was much more difficult. Obviously, having a a young son, uh, and for the most part of the season, it looked like we were playoff bounds, which would have uh, routed that pick over to Chicago. So I didn't have a lot of interest. In the draft until it became evident that the Blazers were tanking and we needed to okay get get a little bit of a, a, a late start on this and, and pick up the pace. So I haven't seen as much live action on this class as I did in 2022. So i do not as confident. However, I mean ever ever since it, knew, it became evident that we were going to keep this pick, or at least a, a, obtain the rights to this pick, I should say, is just a better phrase for that? You know, I've been doing a lot of studying on these prospects, and it's it's really interesting. I'll say we're doing a top 15, and mine's a little bit unconventional. I broke mine down into tiers. There are nine prospects that I would gladly take if I had a lottery pick in this draft. And so if you see a, a projected lottery pick not in my top 15... It's because I wouldn't take them in the lottery. And just I have because... a
1: feeling Arkansas is going to have a big... Uh, a big... Yeah, though, yeah,
0: no, the, okay. those guys are not getting taken in my lottery. There's also player at 10, pretty much my, my 10 through 15, I wouldn't take in the lottery either. I would take them probably closer to 23. So I think there are nine incredible players that you could get if you're lucky to get one of those nine. Awesome. I think the rest is role player central. And there's nothing wrong with that but that's where I would be comfortable taking them closer to pick 23 than in the lottery. Uh, do you have anything to add before we uh, dive into this uh, top 15 Sage? I mean, not really. I, mine, mine
1: is probably more conventional It's just in different orders than, you know, the mock drafts you see on tankathon or North ceilings or wherever you, you do your, uh, your mock draft looking mine's probably just in a different order. Um, but 15 for me feels gross. So I'll just say that. Who's your 15? I have Bryce and Simba. It, it was, it was a Keegan, uh, Chris Murray, Bryce and Terrence Shannon. And I felt like Bryce just has such a advantage in creating his own shot. Of course, he isn't a great passer and he isn't a great defender, but he gets buckets. And if you're trying to get an 18 year old to, to uh, be in the NBA, he has to have scoring abilities. So Bryce just gets buckets, creates his own shot really well, uses his – his I was going to say weight and girth, but, yeah, he uses his weight and girth to get space to launch. He, he he gets buckets. So I was thinking that that's more important right now if you're trying to star hunt than an older Chris Murray or an older Terrence
0: Shannon. Who's your 15? At 15, um, before I get into 15, I will say um, a couple of players who just missed the cut. And one of them is because I just, I haven't seen enough tape. I've only seen the measurables, kind of seen the hype coming out of them. Uh, it's uh, Bilal Koulibaly. Um I really love foreign players. I, I like the way that they, they play the game. It seems like they're translating to, to the league better than ever. Um, played with Victor Wembanyama on the Metropolitan '92 team over in France. Um, Casey Wallace, see enough. yeah, C- yeah, I didn't see enough. Uh, Casey Wallace is another player. I think he's peaking closer to Marcus Smart than Drew Holiday. If you're getting the latter player, that's definitely a top ten player in, in my opinion. He's in mine. I, I just don't think Marcus Smart is that valuable of a player in today's NBA with. You have to play him off ball because he doesn't have traditional point guard skills. Uh, I don't trust necessarily that he's going to be much more than a defensive stopper. So I think he's more of a Javon Carter type. Um, if I'm I'm being honest, I think he's more of a luxury pick. Somebody, but I would not take that in the lottery. And then the player that I wanted to put in here, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And I do have him in my top 20 is UCLA's Jaime oh. Um, I think you're looking at a small forward version of like Kelly Olenek a guy who is going to just play for 10 plus years. He's going to do a little bit of everything. He's crafty. He can shoot. He can dribble. He can rebound. He gets his nose dirty. Like he's going to be like the ultimate, I think team player. And I think any team who gets him and I would not be opposed if Portland picked him up at 23. I think he's going to make any team he's on better. He, He is a flat out winner and he's going to get dinged for maybe not having a position uh not doing this great not doing that great being a little bit older but you know a player who they said didn't do a lot of things great and was a little bit older Brandon Roy and I'm not saying he's Brandon Roy but those are the exact same knocks that B-Roy had coming out of UW and sometimes when you do a lot of things good instead of one thing great it makes your game translate uh to the next level so I really wanted to put him in here but I just couldn't find the room 15 for me is a pure upside pick um Again, speaking of a foreign born player, I love Ray and Rupert uh, playing for the New Zealand Breakers uh, a bit of a ways away, but anytime you're six, seven with a seven plus wingspan with defensive instincts, especially to guard on ball, um, if you're able to card like one through three, that is so valuable. Uh, I, I think if he goes to a program that allows him to develop through the G League, isn't rushing him. You're going to get a Mikel Bridges in Phoenix type of situation where you now have a beautiful defensive stopper who can start to put it all together. Like there's something about, you know, maybe it's because I'm a Blazer fan and I have been since uh, like 1990. Like you just get visions of like Nick Batum, like young, lanky, 18 year old Frenchman, arms for days, great instincts, great feel for the game. And he put it together and he was May not have not been an all-star, but he was damn sure worth that late twenties pick. Portland snagged him up in two thousand eight. So that's who I have uh, at fifteen.
1: I was looking. I have like a. I have a board one through fifty, and I was like, I don't see Jaime Hawkins.
0: Okay, <laughs> he's good. Right. You, I like him as much as you like Terrence Shannon. No way. I love Terrence Shannon too much.
1: All right. Uh, so at fourteen. I have Jordan Hawkins. Um, I think that he, as a movement shooter, is just so valuable. And smart teams are going to see the value in him with his relocating and shooting skills. Obviously, he's going to need to put on some weight because he always had that like skinny body. So we, we're going to put him through that weight program, get him looking and uh, moving right. But the, the relocation, the footwork, the the shooting ability smart teams are going to see that and take him way higher than what I have at 14. Yeah. He's much higher on, on my board. I mean, could, full like
0: disclosure. you're watching
1: Max Struess do exactly what Jordan Hawkins is doing. Like smart teams are going to see it and realize like, Oh, he's very like he has a value and can, can uh, produce at a very high level. I'm very curious to see where you have Jordan Hawkins. Cause I think he's like your
0: fourth or fifth guy. Uh, 14 for me is, uh, another player who just gets it done. Uh, Chris Murray from, from Iowa. I, I love his role right off of the bat. He's a smart, heady basketball player. He's going to be at worst, a net neutral on defense. He's going to space the floor, going to hit shots, not going to take a lot of usage. And you're going to be filling out your, your bench with your, your seventh, eighth player. And he can play the three, he can play the four. I mean, you look at the Miami heat right now, they've littered with players like Chris Murray, who just know how to play the game. Like, I, I mean, think yeah, the Raptors would love him too. There's just something about a player who you know what you're going to get. And that that's that's appealing to me. Like if you know you're going to get someone like you can't have 15 LeBrons on your team, right? That's just not how it's not feasible. It's not possible. You need players who who know their role and not only accept it, but I think he embraces it. And that, that's key because when you get these five-star recruits that come in and maybe they were the man in their college and they just don't have the skills for the NBA, it's hard for them to swallow that ego and say, I'm coming off the bench. I'm only shooting three times a night, like playing seven, eight minutes. Like what's, what's going on versus a player who is just ready to come in and just like, I'll, I'll play 15, I'll play five. Like it, it doesn't matter. Just I want to play the game and I don't have any ego attached to my name. Um, I think that's valuable. It's valuable for roster building. It's valuable for the locker room. Um, it's it's hard to keep a harmonious locker room. And even with the best of leaders, you need players who embrace the role. And that's really what I like. Chris Murray, I think he's going to be deadly uh, on a team with one or two uh, gravitational players that just, you know, make his life so much easier. He's going to stat pad their assists and he's going to open that floor. He's going to be a great floor spacer. Um, and i like his ability to to rebound the basketball uh as well so that's why I have a 14.
1: I have him at 17. so I mean we're not really that far apart I just thought the age factor and there is there's no star there's no star potential with him so in the in the the rankings it was just like I acknowledge that he's just super fundamentally sound and good it was just I would like to get a star here, and I think that someone like at thirteen, Case and Wallace definitely does have more star potential than uh, than uh, Chris. And you said it earlier he he is he is a defensive stopper, and I think that I wouldn't say he's Drew Hall. I I think he's more of Alonzo Ball. But you put a good player. He has some. He's a combo guard. He has good guard skills. You. You put him on a team with a Luca or a generational dribbler and just have him hound the ones, twos, and threes because his wingspan is really great. So it's kind of like the we're trying to make Trey Young's life easier. We're trying to make whoever's life easier. We need to get somebody who can defend that superstar player on the opposing side. I find that Kaysen has the ability and the wingspan, the footwork, and the great hands to do so. So that's why I have him at thirteen, and uh, and I, I I I realize that you might not uh, find him as valuable, but you got to stop these Anthony Edwards somehow. And I, I feel like Casein Wallace can do a a good enough job to be a good defender
0: in this league. I'm mean, gonna I have him at seventeen, so we're yeah. not that far off. No. I just <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't spend a lottery pick on a a specialist, especially when I watched. You know, Jimmy Butler is, is a great example of a player who you would, you know, bring a Gary Payton in to, to try and defend. Right. Like, mm. can you stop this this madman? He's just going crazy. Marcus Smart wasn't able to stop Jimmy Butler. And if my ceiling for Casey Wallace is Marcus Smart, that's where I kind of connect those dots I'm like. I don't know if Prime Case Wallace is able to stop this J- J- Jimmy Butler. I, well, I don't think anybody
1: will. can stop this Jimmy
0: Butler. But exactly.
1: I, like I, I, it, I think he may enough. take
0: like an MJ or a Kerry Payton type of like generational defender. But if you're being drafted just upon your your one skill, I need that skill just to be more than elite. So I, I we're not far off. I, I just I would I, like. To see- I also
1: think his passing and his like mid range shooting is good enough to be worked on to increase range and then like if he's Lonzo ball I'm cool with that at 13. Like I, I, I we both like also eight. six
0: seven six I eight, know seven. yeah but that that's and that's the thing if Casey's wingspan play,
1: can make up for it I think he has like six seven six eight wingspan so yeah
0: if he was taller I would be more intrigued um but Alas, we're not that far apart on Case and Wallace. At I don't 13, think any of us outside the Arkansas guys. I don't think we will be that far apart. Um, At 13, I have a Duke Blue Devil, Derek Lively, the second. Ooh. Um, I, I think you're going to see if he is paired with somebody who knows how to operate the pick and roll, whether that's a Trey Young, a Shea Gilders-Alexander. Uh, someone uh, of that nature who can really pull the defense away. I mean, if just, just think the ideal yeah. scenario for him is to find his Clippers Chris Paul. He can be Clippers DeAndre Jordan, and he can just run to the rim. And with his wingspan, his his athleticism, his flexibility, he is going to catch damn near every lob that you throw his way. And even if you know it's coming, you, you can't stop it. So I think team fit for him is so important. Um, he's already going to be an incredible weak side shot blocker. And if he's able to get a little bit uh, more comfortable out on the perimeter, I think you could see him use his length to disrupt a lot of opportunities, blow up a lot of the the pick and rolls. And what will really push his um, NBA longevity is can he just hit an open three? We saw it in the AAU circuit, not much at Duke. Can he become that type of player? I mean, if you remember Channing Fry really wasn't shooting jump shots with the Knicks. He was back to the basket, mm-hmm. doing a bunch of old-school post moves, comes to Portland, goes to Phoenix, becomes just a knockdown outside shooter. I'm not saying he's going to become that type of shooter, but you have seen... I mean, he's the Figgs. number two guy in
1: the, the, in the class. He has to have some skills. And yeah, just exactly. Didn't
0: Very highly rated coming out uh, of I high feel school. like Indiana might be a great spot for him, too, having Miles is- Turner... I, I like nice. the ability of having a mobile big that you can do different coverages with, and you, the, you can't teach the length. You can't teach the athleticism. And to be honest, like I don't need him to do a lot in offense, catch lobs, rebound the basketball. And like I said, if you can hit an occasional three, just to keep the defense, just thinking that's going to do a lot for him. But I, I would love it. If lively is there at 23, I think you can really do a lot of things with, with a mobile big, um in, in today's today's NBA,
1: I haven't met twenty two It's a pretty big gap. yeah, I think besides the Arkansas guys, I think that might be the biggest gapping. I mean, I would have if Derek Whitehead was healthy at all, that would have been the biggest, but he is not and we're at twelve correct. I'm going Jed Howard at twelve. I was uh, <laughs> the tech issues annoyed me so much I couldn't think of a good plain joke. um, but yeah, I have jed Howard at twelve. I mean, his, his, his shooting is just a tier. He's, he's a great shooter. I think that if you, if you, uh, if the coaching staff sees the, the playmaking upside and tries to empower him to dribble the ball, make decisions, I think you have a guy that has the potential of the Rashard Lewis in the league. Um, I mean, it's just the shooting. I like, he has to buy into whatever team drafts him defensively. And that's the biggest thing. But I mean, I'm betting on his lineage, the, 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 what he can do. Like Jawan Howard, isn't going to let his son be a shitty defender. I just, I just cannot see that, that being the thing. And then he just has such a wealth of knowledge that he can go to like Jawan. I bet he's cool with all of the fab five. So I'm, I'm going with the, the, the absolute sharpshooting demon jet Howard.
0: I'll talk about number twelve in a minute, but I have Jet Howard at eleven. So I'll I'll tag on to what you have. Um, I like the ability of the shot. I, I like his ability to move and, and shoot. I, I love the lineage, the pedigree that he has with his father uh, being a, an NBA All Star, an NBA you know veteran, an NBA lifer. legend. And I I don't think he's ever going to be a net positive defender, but I think he could be net neutral. And I, I love the size that he has. I, I think he looks to me like Michael Porter Jr. with potential to be a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to another, like Lively, Jet Howard's potential being unlocked is going to be determined by which organization drafts him and which organization gives him the, the ability to make mistakes, the, the freedom uh, to really enhance those playmaking skills, putting the ball on the floor, but I mean, if you're looking at the Denver Nuggets and what Michael Porter Jr. is is doing for them, uh, that that is huge to have just a big time shot maker at that size. Um, he has handle; he can get the ball off. So not I, a ball know, hog, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> if you know I, a healthy Michael Porter, like no back issues, Michael Porter Jr. is worth that that contract. Oh wow, um, absolutely. That's, that, that's what's scary is 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 the back issues with him. Howard is you know healthy. You know, knock on wood. I I really like him. That's why I have him at 11. Uh, Another player I would be absolutely just thrilled if Portland is able to pick up at 23. So I had him at 11. I'll go back to number 12. Do you
1: think he's a good fit in Portland with the play? Like, if we're trying to unlock Jed Howard, I feel like Damian Lillard, Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant might be, and Yusuf Nurkic, if we're not making any trades, is a bad place from.
0: I mean, Nurk's gone. I I think we, I don't, no. trying to say, like, I I would 95% sure Yusuf Nurkic is gone this summer. They will find a way to move him. Or if he comes back, it's on a significantly smaller role. But there's still
1: a lot of ball-dominant dudes on this team. I
0: think you can't worry about it. Like, Dame's 33. He's going to be, you know, on the – he's sunsetting. He's starting to sunset his career in in Portland. You're drafting Jet Howard for when he's 25, 26 years old. Not what he can do right now at 19. And so – I do think there is an opportunity for him, especially with the new G League affiliate playing in North Portland, you can get some run there, get some summer league run. Um, injuries do happen. So I, I do think there is the ability, maybe not right in the immediate, but two, three years down the line, you can start to develop it. It's just how patient uh, they want to be. I think it's a nice fit next to a Shaden Sharp. Who, who, I mean, you need
1: the spacing with Shade. If Shaden Sharp is going to be what we hope Shaden Sharp is going to be, he needs to have an open lane. and jet howard is that dude that i mean when you see him on fire he's taking fucking crazy shots that spacing is going to be
0: legit you're not not blocking a six eight dude shooting those shots either yeah so that's another reason why i really like him there back to 12 jet howard's my 11 um 12 i have a similar player uh grady dick from kansas And the reason, and this was basically nip and tuck as to whether you want to take Jet or Grady. I think there's better value for Jet Howard. I think you can get him later in the draft. Um, And I just, I like the pedigree. I like the lineage of Jet Howard. Uh, Grady Dick is a phenomenal shooter. Great off movement. Quick release. um, Shoots the ball high. And uh I know this is the the old adage for when you're describing white players, but he is more athletic than than what meets the eye. Oh, absolutely. What's He's a great rebounder to, for his size, too. What's going to hinder or help him is how much of an f- impact he can have defensively, positively or negatively. Can he guard his, his position? Is he getting hunted like a Michael Porter Jr.? Or can he just hold his own? Like, again, like Jet, he's not going to ever be a net positive. Can you just be a neutral on the floor? And at that size, his just lightning quick release, I, I think he's going to space the floor. I think he's going to be... a. He's he's the type of player that fits every system. Every system mm-hmm. needs a Agreed. player like that. And you look, look at the Miami Heat. They just have a ton of players who are just lights-out shooters, and they, they fit in their roles. I don't know if he's much more than that, but i i really believe in the shot and if he can just get in the weight room get stronger and more explosive i think would help a lot too a little bit better defensively like that you gotta get but you cannot be a c do you
1: think is he's a sieve average or i think those are the two things you could actually say i don't think he's a sieve i think he's fine
0: yeah he's he's gonna have to get i mean. He's going to have to get stronger and he's going to have to, oh, uh, you know, get more cerebral study, get off ball, like off ball is where he could really make his, um. I think not reputation, but he can have a decent reputation If you're off ball. Okay. You can maybe play in the passing lanes, get out in the open court. Uh, I've seen him do a lot of like weak side help blocks too. Cause he, he 6 610.
1: He, so obviously
0: he... on balls is a whole other beast. Yeah. I'm in... not putting
1: him on, on, uh,
0: you don't put him on KD. You don't put, I don't him, on put him on Scoot. I like, don't put him on Deer and Fox. No, you yeah. you have to kind of hide him on ball a little bit. If he can play solid off ball defense, um, that's going to keep him in the game. That no. that will keep him in the closing five. Um, who do you have at eleven? Sage.
1: I have someone I know you're not going to have. Um, one second. Let me.
0: Don't please don't tell mind. me it's Nick Smith Jr. No, it's not. It's Anthony Black at eleven. You have Nick Smith Jr. head of Anthony Black. I sure do. Oh my God. Okay. okay. Yeah. We disagree on the Arkansas players. I can at least easy. envision Anthony Black there. Nick's, I, okay. But this is a, a fair and balanced podcast. <laughs> no. Have, have, have you shine? Oh, I, I,
1: I mean, like the playmaking is just so captivating to me. And then the high level defensive, like I know that you and I have argued of, uh Dyson Daniels versus Anthony Black. I am a, uh, I, I feel like Anthony Black is a better defender and Dyson might be a better passer, but. The fact that you can have a 6'8 guy that passes so well, defends at such a high level, and, I mean, yeah, the shooting is absolutely a problem. But I think that shooting is the thing that you can develop the easiest in the league. Yeah, it might be a longer-term issue with him because the shooting is so bad, but I I look at, quote-unquote, non-shooters, and you you even mentioned it with uh, Channing Fry, but, like, there's a lot of guys that turn into shooters in the league when this is their only job. So if that happens, I mean, his value is like a top five guy, but I I think that the way he works, the way that he put on strength in his body, I saw like what he looked like in as a high school kid. And he was just a skinny guy, the way he puts on weight. I think you can't have Chauncey Billups be his coach. You need to have some creativity. Like, the Nuggets, the Warriors. I feel like right now he's in that Gary Payton role, but it's a role that you can absolutely have and succeed. Look what Gary and Bruce Brown are doing. But if you have the creativity to use Anthony Black, I think he uh, is a really great prospect. And if he just shoots at a league average, or not even league average, I just don't want him to not get any closeouts. Like if he garners a closeout, the shooting issue isn't really that important anymore, but he has to prove that he can shoot. I remember Dale and Terry last year, like when he was at Arizona, they didn't believe he could shoot. He can, he could shoot. They just didn't treat him like it. So Anthony Black has to get the respect of the defender before he can, you know, show off everything else. But if he can do that, his value is like top six, not where we're having him right now.
0: And you also had Grady Dick at ten, correct? Yeah, I had Grady Dick at ten. I mean so then I'll I'll go at ten. I've got a point guard I like a little bit better than Anthony Black. I would take Anthony Black at twenty three if he's there. I know he's gonna be gone, but that's more where I see him just with the I the the question, the shot. It's yeah, that's that's tough for me to see past. Um I do like him better than Nick Smith Jr. Um, but at ten, I have Jalen Hood Shafino Big point guard from Indiana. I think he's. I think Anthony Black's ceiling is higher, but I think Shafino's floor. I think he's more likely to become a solid NBA player than Anthony Black. That that's where I have uh, Jalen. I, I love his ability to manipulate uh, the, the pick and roll. I think he's the master of the mid range. Uh, I think he needs to tighten up that three point attempt. He's a little bit too um, streaky. Um, he he would go on heaters, but then he he would you know miss. So I think he needs to to tighten that up, but. You know, I love the Spencer Dinwiddie comps. I think anytime you have great positional size like that, and you can can operate an offense, uh, I think any team that that gets him is going to get get a steal. I don't know why there's not more hype uh, around him, but when of all the players that we've really looked at, he's one that I've kind of gravitated towards. Um, I just I love the he has tremendous feel for the game and he and if he gets, I think that's the a product of, of a young ball handler. I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, especially freshmen running an offense at Indiana. Like he is playing with Mike Woodson, uh, NBA head coach, uh, former he played with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, so he is used to running uh, an NBA system. He's already had a pick and roll partner that's going to the league. So I think there's comfort there. And I think any team drafts him, you need to be willing to deal with turnovers and work through him. And is know, he mold. kind of what I said with Anthony, where he probably won't
1: be your, in like your initiator offensively. You you probably need a Dame or a Trey Young, Luca Trae, uh,
0: Halliburton to. To, uh, I mean, he's not on those players' level, but I, I think if he drafted no, 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 no.
1: He needs to be paired with it. So I don't th- see him breaking down an NBA defense. What I do see him doing is once the defense is thinking and reacting, he does the right play and gets the assist. I don't think he's the person that creates the the, the defensive reaction. I think he takes advantage of the defense, like Lonzo Ball. Alonzo yeah, Ball isn't fair. breaking
0: down the defense. Yeah. He's, and I think if you paired yeah. him with, uh, you know, Shaden Sharp, and if we're projecting Shaden to be what he is, he's going to be the one getting by the defense. Um, and then, you know, obviously you have the other facilitator in, in Hood. Chifino. Yeah,
1: I just, I, I, I,
0: I, you and I, I think
1: two of the things that we disagree the most is small guards and playmaking like dribbling. I, I think that Jalen Hood's dribbling is fine, I just don't think it's going to create individual matchups where he can take advantage of the handle. Like I I remember his best highlight was against Zach Eady, Who's fucking so not NBA center with his lateral quickness. So it, it, I I do
0: think once he plays at the NBA, there's going to be more spacing and he's going to get matched up against guys three, four inches shorter than him. So I think his size is going to dictate a, a lot of, how so he's you able put to the produce. point guard.
1: So if, let's say he's on the Blazers and Chauncey Billups is being weird and not
0: playing shade and sharp. So it's Dame and him. No, he, he's a point guard. Like I don't play him off ball. You don't okay. I I do. No, I, I he's 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 my he's my Spencer Dinwiddie. He may not be the best point guard, but he's going to be a serviceable. Um, and I do think you think
1: he, Alonzo Ball is a point guard or is he a, a small forward that passes really well? He transitioned into the latter for sure. I think that's where Jalen Hutschefino is.
0: Um, who do you have? He's at? disrespectfully low on mine, and I need to change it. Who do you have at ten or nine? You know who I have at nine. Who?
1: Oh, shit, let me confirm. I'm nervous about my computer, so I have all my notes on my phone. So it makes me look like an a- asshole where I'm looking at my phone while you're talking. I have Nick Smith. Um, I I just believe in what he can do as a combo guard. And I think that Arkansas tape is just so bad because of lack of spacing, the lack of shooters, the injury issue that he had with his knee. So if his knee, if his knee is fine, this is where I have him. If his knee is bad, then he's in the not draftable range. But I think that his handle is better than the, the the guards that have trouble meeting direct pressure, like all the Kentucky guards that are in the league, like quickly, Tyrese, uh, maxi, they all have issues with that initial defender going at him and it, it, they have to use their speed to get around. I see Nick Smith having the same type of play. And I think that when he is healthy, he's more athletic than them, more bouncy and has a better shot. So, I mean, I, I feel like he's maxi without the defense. I think he's quickly with, you know, more IQ. I mean, there, it's just, there are guys that are so successful at that role of secondary ball handler that can attack and score and do a lot of the things that, you know, younger Devin Booker did. Now, Devin Booker had those issues, but he doesn't have them now. So you see, you can see where his archetype goes. So I, I, I'm a Nick Smith guy. So I, I know that this might be the most farthest. Uh, uh, disparency in 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 picks right here
0: yeah if you'll notice in, in my big board I have like no combo guards at all I mean it's probably because I'm seen CJ and ant for the past
1: yeah no 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 years
0: and I'm I'm tired of combo guards love CJ I wish did you think Tyrese Max is a combo he's a combo but he's a point like you play him at the one you don't play him at the two like that that's so he's not a, he's not he's not a pure point guard I'm comfortable with him being my point guard though that's that's the thing like Anthony simons i'm not comfortable what being my quick guard he is a shooting guard who is an undersized shooting guard so like I, oh I, I think tyrese maxi has just like he uses that fucking god-given speed to his yeah. advantage so well so yes he's a comp but he's more of a point and that's where it's like oh i'd be okay with tyrese but i would hate watching tyrese and dame share the backcourt just yeah. like i can't stand watching Anthony and dame share the backcourt it's just I think like that you just that
1: uh, you just have
0: a uh, bias against it
1: because you've seen some really bad I just dribbles. don't
0: think combo guards I think they're out of flavor I, I think especially if you can't defend and you're with another small guard in the backcourt. I think teams are just too smart at identifying mismatches and it's great if you can get a combo guard to come off the bench but we all know that they get paid just like Anthony did and now you're now you're sitting with a hundred million dollar player and you're not having that hundred million dollar player come off the bench so if I I'm mean, spending a first-round pick in the lottery, I, I don't want somebody coming off coming off my bench. I think Nick Smith is
1: is worthy of it, but I, I think I'm more willing to risk. I, I'm more willing to take that chance on a combo guard than you are. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I've, so. I, who's I, your nine? I know that the, I think that the biggest jumps Nick Smith for me, and then I think that you Jalen hood I, I I feel bad about where I have him. I'm kind of actually embarrassed about where I have him.
0: Uh so that 30s. was my tier five. I'm now into tier four. So there are nine players that I would be comfortable taking in the lottery in this draft. Uh, number nine for me is Asar Thompson from from overtime elite. Um, really good connective piece. I think his shots further along than his uh twin brother, Amen. Um, he's not quite the athletic freak or the playmaker of his twin brother, but he is the better defender. Um, I think if all goes right, you're getting like an Andre Iguodala type of don't go too network. heavy because he's he's actually shockingly high for me. Um yeah, I think he, he's a nice prospect. Um I I really am terrified to see how he and his brother translate to the NBA. I am so upset that they chose the OTE route because it's who what competition is? That? I, I have no idea. Like it, it's really hard. And that's why th- these two twins are the hardest prospects I've had to evaluate because I uh-huh. have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it the same as Giannis dominating a bunch of thirteen year olds in Greece, or is it you know somebody like uh, a Thomas Robinson dominating collegiate basketball but then being a complete bust at, at the, the next level because the skills didn't translate? It's it's so hard. And the reason this class was this was this big board aside from the top two, like three through nine were agonizing to rank because everything about this class is unconventional. It's just a bunch of freak athletes who really they they do things that your eye says, "What am I seeing? It, that shouldn't work." But that's where basketball is going. You're getting these freaks like a banyama who's seven mm-hmm. five, but but moves like Durant. You're getting it's even crazy because Scoot Henderson tr- projects to be like a Derrick Rose. And Derek Rose was considered a quote unquote, freak back in 08 yeah. when he came out. And now that that's the norm. so we're we're already at that level where those type of athletes at the point guard position are just like ho hum. We, we see them all the time. But now you're getting like amen Thompson six seven, but has freakish athleticism and is a dynamic playmaker. Cam Whitmore is like a six six, six seven tank with just rocket fuel. Uh, mm. There's just Jerris Walkers built like a f- goddamn defensive end. Like There's just so many things that are unconventional about this class and really makes you – it flips your evaluation on its head because typically I I wouldn't have prospects like this that high. But when this class is littered with freakish athletes who defy what is the norm, Mm. uh, you have to kind of take a back seat and say, okay, maybe this could work. Maybe this is how the league is progressing. Bigger, faster,
1: stronger, man. Like this, this – this is how it's going to be. I think that the Thompson twins
0: are, and there's there's they're super boomer bust. Like this is probably the biggest boomer bust draft class that, that I can remember. Like I wouldn't be surprised at the top two, yeah. If Asar is an all star, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out of the league after his first contract. If I'm being like, there's there's. That much of a gap and you're going to have to be you're going to have to find something that somebody doesn't see to make you feel comfortable say no this guy is the all-star like we're drafting him we saw something that you didn't so scouts are going to get paid or possibly pink slipped uh, yeah by this draft absolutely that's, that's just by the, these the twins if you're in the i guess
1: eight to to four range these twins could either make you a genius
0: or you're out of here. So we're at eight. Did you have Nick Smith at nine? Yeah. Yeah, you were eight. Cam
1: Whitmore. And he is at the top of tier three for me. Obviously, the athleticism is captivating. I feel like the the, the school that he went to with J Wright gone really – leaves a lot of questions to be answered with him. Like he was such a non factor with passing. It makes me feel like he just doesn't have it. Cause it just, He had like half of the assist a game, which, you know, you, you get an assist by just like passing the ball. He just didn't do it. He was, they put a lot of responsibility on him to drive and create. And he got to the rim really easily. He just like the process between lifting and scoring had an issue Maybe it's the spacing, maybe the fact that they had no shooters. I really know anything that Villanova team was bad. But the fact that he was so athletic and scored so badly at the rim kind of made me nervous. But I mean, if he gets it all together, he, he's a superstar. I just have more question marks about Cam Whitmore than I do with the Soar or, uh, you know, any of the other guys. So he is at the he's at the tip of tier three for me.
0: I have Ken Whitmore at eight as well. Um, the first time we agreed. Perfect. I was super high on him when we started this process. Dug deeper, became a little more low. And now I'm back on the rise with Ken Whitmore because, again, unconventional. You see this 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, tank with uh, you 6'9", know, 6'10", six, six, wingspan. And this the freakish athleticism. And I think of a player that oh my god, he is going to benefit so much from playing in the open court, playing in the NBA with all of that spacing. spacing. Yeah, he's going to absolutely blow by some of these defenders and power through them. Like I think he is just like a bundle of energy, and he's just trying to figure out how to play Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. that size, speed, strength, burst, force everything that he has once he figures out counters and pace, because I do, he's one of the youngest prospects in this class. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be, I wanted to put him a little bit higher. Like I said, these basically three to nine for me are very tight. Mm-hmm. One and two are clearly a different tier. Mm-hmm. Even though I have him in my, my fourth tier, I think they're very tight. If Portland trades down, Cam would be an awesome pairing with Shaden sharp. I love him in the passing lanes. Uh he's got an he's got a he's got a decent handle. It needs to get better. But for his size and his quickness, that's what I'm saying. Like he speeds up a little, little bit too much. Once he slows then down, has that quick first step that he's got a f- quick first step. He know he, you know, learns how to use his force, learns how to use his burst, learns how to use his different moves. Uh he's got a nice jump shot. Um, you know, I I really when I when I watch Cam, it's hard not to envision Drexler and Kersey with Shaden and Cam, both incredible on the break, playing the passing lanes. I mean, that's what Portland was built upon was the fast break, just lethal. And you get those two athletes on the wings and it's, it's lights out. So I love Cam Whitmore. I honestly wish I could have him a little bit higher. I could see him higher. He might rise by the time um, the draft comes around, but I, I like him really in that any, anywhere from, from three to eight, I, I would be fine with, with Cam. I think he's he's going to get better. And I think college did him a little bit of a disservice. He also had that thumb injury mm. to start the season. And again, Villanova was not Villanova. This was yeah, not, was not Wildcats. Mm. Um Wildcats. So if you want to look, I think his pro day is going to determine a lot about him. Um, seeing him up close in person, just chiseled. Um, I, I think you could look back if he's taken in the back half of the lottery, Five years from now, it, it could be one of those. Why didn't he go higher situations? Who do you have at seven? It's kind of crazy that we have him at the same spot, but I'm like, I'm talking about his negatives. You're talking about his positives. I mean, the, the, he just, there's things that he does that nobody else in this class can do. And I don't think he's ever going to be a number one option. But if you go into the rights, like it put him alongside Shade and Sharp, and I think he shines, put him, put him in a position where he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands and create hundred percent of the time. Like I think of Jerome, I guess I think of Jerome Cursey. I think Jerome Cursey was super duper role player, but was the heart and soul of that team. And you get them on the break and those dunks are worth more than two points. Like Jerome didn't need to play make, you don't need everybody to, to play make. I just think. Do you he's think already he's already got better Jerome shot than or Ge- crash? What's that?
1: I feel like he's significantly shorter than Jerome or crash Wallace.
0: Crash me, but Jerome was six seven. He's six seven.
1: I, I. That's one of the things I just don't blo- like. When I watched him, he did not look six seven. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very going by the
0: weird. he's six six without shoes. So he's six seven. Really? Because I thought he yeah. was like six four. But,
1: they, they just okay. did the
0: official combine. Okay. He was All right. So uh,
1: I we skip up a tier for me at seven. I have uh, a Brandon Miller. I think that he has a lot of what you're looking for in a wing where he's just a nutty shooter i mean that that that's where he's going to make his money is he's a nutty shooter and normally i fall in love with that but i think that people assume that he has like this amazing amount of athleticism and i think that that's that's not particularly correct and i His defense is okay, but if you put him in screen navigations, he's awful. The first part of the year, he didn't—I didn't like him at all. The second part, he became way more of uh, a—he was less risk-taking, and that's where I felt like, oh, I like him a lot more. But the fact that he does have athleticism issues and really severe strength issues—I know the strength you can obviously put on weight, and you know I'm not obviously a NBA strength and conditioning guy. But I'm I'm very uh, nervous about what he is as an athlete. Like the Paul George comps is just not 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 even close. Like Paul George was one hell of an athlete throughout his career. He just doesn't have that. But if he can be that secondary scorer, potentially do playmaking, I can see him. Like he's definitely in the uh,
0: the the second tier of this draft for me. So I have I have Brandon Miller at seven. At seven, I have Taylor Hendricks from oh. uh, Central Florida. I think he's a couple years away. He projects, I think, to be a fantastic defender and catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. What he needs to unlock his ceiling is, can he score for himself, or does he need to be kind of... that? Uh, that
1: is the difference between Super role plans and star.
0: Yeah. Right there. And I think he's going to be a defender. I think he moves really I well. I have him at five, by the way there's a lot of upside there um but i do think you're going to have to wait that that's that's the key with him um he came out of nowhere really wasn't highly recruited and now he's a potential top 10 pick uh he's fluid he moves i i i, I he projects to be jeremy grant and jaden mcdaniels is what a lot of the comps are um i hope he rebounds the basketball better and that's i will always harp I on I think
1: he's a better yet I think he's a better reactionary defender too.
0: Yes. Oh, I, th- I think he's a much better defender than, than Jeremy Grant. um For this sure. version like, of
1: Jeremy Grant that we watched, you know, how yeah. many games he played, like he was a good defender. But I think Taylor Hendricks he's is better a much better defender. Yep. And I think you're, draft- Grant you're drafting
0: has- Taylor Hendricks to be Jaron Jackson Jr. That that's what you're drafting him to be, right? I don't think he, I don't, that's not the perfect comp, but like but if,
1: he's a more, he's, he's a smooth. Yeah. Jaron Jackson has clunk to his game.
0: Yeah. If, if I, you, Hendricks if you want to look at the archetype of player that, that's I,
1: potential all star,
0: but you're looking first team all defense, floor spacer, um, rebounder. Like that, that's the three. And that's, that's fantastic. That's why I have him at seven. So uh, that's who I have. But whoever takes him, you got to be patient. He's, he's a little bit away.
1: Yeah. I, I, I I mean I think he I think he has the potential to be like just a super duper star if he unlocks the playmaking in, in the playmaking in terms of setting himself up first. I I don't know if he's a good passer. UCF was just so bad, but they tried to get him into positive positions. I mean he's five for me. I might as well talk a little bit about him. But like he 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 got put into positions where he had to make a decision, and he didn't he didn't actively fuck up. So, but I think that once you get him on a team, get him that playmaking reps, I think it's very, very important that he continue that development and empowerment. But I mean, I, I have him at five and I have a, at six. Amen Thompson. Amen. Okay. I mean, he and his brother are so similar in terms of athletics and, you know, like the play. Like, I mean, they're twins. Obviously, they're very similar, but Amen as a playmaker is just so captivating where he can get guys into the positions that they need to shoot and score and matching that with just amazing athleticism. Obviously he has to work on his handle. His passing is just so awesome, but I think he needs to learn pacing in the NBA because he just is kind of like Aaron Fox where he just burst, 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 burst. He needs to set it up with some slow dribbles and then catch them sleeping so it's, it's more just craft to his game. Obviously, the shoot, the shooting is huge, but I'm talking about how he can set it up because he has all the dribbling moves in his bag. He just is too fast to really get where he needs to go using dribble move. So he needs to learn, like he needs to have somebody in his corner to help him like learn how to be a real point guard. But it when he learns that and hopefully he can develop a real shot, he, he could be a superstar. He could be a super duper star. But right yeah, now, the shooting
0: is just so negative. I don't say this lightly, but if he fixes the shooting, he could be the best player from this draft class. Wimbanyama included. Yeah. Like, that, there's just, there's things you can't teach that that he has. Just like there's things that Wimbenyama, Wimbenyama, uh has that, that you can't teach. Uh, you think
1: he's a hundred? He, he's a sharp level athlete. I think both of
0: them are. I think he's a great athlete. I don't see this generational athlete that every everyone keeps saying that this this guy's the the best athlete they've ever like evaluated or seen on. He maybe it's because he makes it look so easily, but his athleticism doesn't quite pop on on tape. Like like Shaden I wish he did the
1: the, the 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 three horse speed. Yeah, because Terrence Shannon got it. it was the number one speed guy, which makes. And me maybe we'll happy. see
0: the pro days. We'll see <clears> that athleticism <throat> pop. Maybe it was the camera angles that OTE used. I mean, uses some but, weird
1: camera angles. If yeah. you're
0: familiar with Pac-12 basketball and you watch games at UC Berkeley, they have to have the camera so far back just because of the way the uh, stadium is configured, and so it's a, just a really weird vantage point. I saw so much of that when watching OTE film. It was there's no a lot of close-ups or mm-hmm. you know sideline cams. It's really far away. So maybe it's something that I'm not seeing. I don't think he, he's a fantastic athlete. I'm just not seeing this generational um athlete and maybe that's the case maybe i'm just uh maybe it's reason i have glasses well we both do but I, I think that he
1: i i think that he like i see the speed for sure and i see the jumping ability for sure like it might not be the most functional for basketball because he's just remember Jaden ivy just tried to use his speed without using any of. like he he's he's randy johnson he has a fucking amazing
0: fastball he needs to learn a, a pitch that
1: he needs. Know, change that up. Jamie
0: Moyer changeup, baby. Exactly. Like you he gotta just, be able to go from 60 to 100.
1: Yeah, because he, he's throwing 105. He just needs a slider or a changeup or something in his game. So I think it, that, but the, that is more fixable than you have to learn all of this stuff. I think he has a a natural ability to see and predict what's happening so he can make the right play. Like what we're talking about is just like, you need to slow this down. You need to be a little bit more careful with the ball. But I mean, it, it, it's all about the Like it's the shooting. He He's an awful shooter right now. If we can get him to, he deserves a closeout level of shooting. I don't league average is a very lofty thing for him, but if he can just, We need to close out on him. He'll hit some
0: threes. That's where we lock. superstar. At six, I've got my favorite prospect in this draft. Are you Jordan Hawkins? And if Portland didn't have Shaden Sharp, I would be advocating trading down and getting Jordan Hawkins. Abso-fucking-lutely. The best movement shooter (laughs) I have have scouted. I I swear to God, this kid is going to be lights out. Whoever drafts him is going to be laughing five years from now. I am that confident in Jordan Hawkins. His game perfectly translates to the next level. He's a better athlete than he's given credit for. He is clearly a winner, uh, makes big plays. He's played on the biggest stage. He was he was just awesome. He, he the jump he made from freshman to sophomore is incredible. I, I I hate that players get dinged for being sophomores. We saw in last year's draft class a bunch of freshmen turned sophomores get drafted high. You're looking at Jalen, uh Jaden Ivey. Uh, Benedict Matherin. I mean, th- those guys had awesome jumps from year one to year two, and they're doing pretty damn well in the league. I do you think, think he for... has a
1: superstar potential?
0: And do you think he can. I, I feel like if you ha- are. Superstar is a term that gets thrown around too loosely. So I, I-, I view Dame as a superstar because he's been like a 10 time all star. Right, 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 right. no, I don't think star. he's a 10 time all star. Is he an all star? Yeah, I think he could become an all star. Okay. Do you think he's going to be.
1: I feel like most of his,
0: I like him. He's he's in my lottery, but I lo- I just I love Jordan Hawkins. Like the, it's not just that he's a. I he's a need new, to know
1: how he is. Is he going to be a playmaker for others?
0: I don't know if he has to. Like when I think of him, I think of like Ray Allen. Like did, did Ray Allen really play make for uh, No, he was just Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller was not a playmaker. He was just fucking awesome at what he did, and if he hits that's the type of player that, that you're getting. I'm not saying he's going to be that, but I, and you watch Steph Curry being able to move without the basketball unlocks everything for your mm-hmm. offense. It's damn near impossible to stop. The only thing stopping you is you missing that shot. And you put him with a player who knows how to work the short roll, knows how to be comfortable in the middle of the floor. He's going to be a deadly weapon. Like this is not Anthony Simons or Jordan Poole where they're, shooting off of the bounce you know taking a lot of usage and dribbling the ball off it's closer to Steph off ball and I'm not saying he's Steph as a whole but elements to what he does um I think he's super duper valuable um you pair him with a floor general uh playmakers that can get him open he'll find himself open he's gonna I think he's a missing piece but I don't think he's like I think I mean hey I think he's (laughs) awesome I think uh, he's great, but... That's my guy. Okay. No, no, I'm, and, I'm... and a bonus, in a class of so much uncertainty, I think he is certain. And so I give him credit for that. So, um, mm-hmm. who do you I'm have? Taylor. Do
1: we do need, need to...
0: Taylor Hendricks at five? Okay. I mean, he,
1: he's just... I, I think his anticipatory skills is just so valuable in the in, in this NBA. I, I mean, he's he, he's not a chess master defensively like Jairus, but... Once he sees that it happens, he's so quick to the to to playing defense and making a play. I think he's a humongous defensive playmaker. That's why I comped him to Evan Mobley. I think both of them just have the the fluidity in their game to be special defensively. And then the fact that he can hit threes, obviously the dribbling is going to unlock him to superstardom. So hopefully we can get somebody that like help Paul George or
0: something. But uh, these next three players are all in my third tier. Very close. I had, I would essentially say there's a three way tie, but because that's a bit of a cop out, actually did list them out. And my thought process was I ranked each player by their floor and by their ceiling. And whoever had the lowest score okay. moved up to three. So that's how it was. I think Portland would be happy with any of these players. We're at four um, though, right? We're at. I'm at five. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm at five. So three, four, five are super close to me. Uh, five. I have Jarris Walker from Houston. Um, right. Heart. It's all good. Five is extremely high for, <laughs> for have Walker. Five is higher than a lot of. I only outlets. have him at four. <laughs> Out, outlets have him. Um, I love his ability as a playmaker. And I think that's what really has started to separate him from Taylor Hendricks in my eyes. Um, I think he's his shot's not as smooth and he's not no, as no, no. taking it as, as Taylor. But I do think he can space the floor. I think he's going to be at least a league average shooter. The playmaking is so tantalizing. It's mm. hard not to imagine a shooting Draymond Green in his uh, peak. He can defend one through five. Uh, I, I do worry he's built a little too big. I would almost honestly like to see him just... Do some weight. Just, just not... I don't know. He just looks like a fucking defensive end. It's like, can can you keep that up for an entire 82 games? Like, I look at Zion. Zion's built like a tank. This dude is... This dude could take a charge from Zion and, and live to talk about it. That's how <laughs> Easily, strong yeah. he I mean, is. Um, I, I, I haven't met I think. Yeah. I think his intelligence is off the charts as a mm-hmm. defender especially uh the game comes slow to him he's another player who's going to benefit playing at the next level playing with nba players playing with nba spacing i mean he had sasser and the other guy like those dudes weren't trying to pass it; they were trying to win the they game. weren't they were running to, an nba level yes. of schemes but if, if you see him you see the anticipatory you see mm-hmm. the ability to play on ball and off ball like he's one of the few defenders who you can put him in the blocks and he's going to hold his own defensively. I think he can switch. I think he can he hedge. I think he can drop back anything you want. I think he's going to be a sponge day one. Um, I really if, think oh, that if he could... wants him. I would trade back because I don't think he's going to go as high as three, but he would definitely be an asset to this, mm-hmm. this blazer team right now. You could move Jeremy Grant up to the three, let Jairus play the four um, he's going to rebound the ball. He, he's just going to do everything that you he's want. He's going to set some amazing screens for Damien. Yeah, he's, he's going to be the ultimate teammate. So if you could pair him with Shaden down the line. like,
1: Couldn't you imagine him just doing some big brother screens on the opposing guards that don't get told? Screen left. Charles Oakley, baby. Yeah. But I, skilled as fuck. Like, I mean, I have him at four, so I'll just talk. Like, the way he anticipates things defensively is very Draymond-esque. Like... He's just in the place to shut down an entire half of the court. If he's on that side, like he knows what the opposing team is trying to do to his side and how he can be in the place to make the the contest. I think that he, he's obviously not the athlete that uh, Taylor Hendricks is because he's so much heavier, but I think that he is athletic enough to get off the ground and make as many. The only thing that I think Taylor Hendricks is better than him is weak side shot blocking. As, as a defender. I think Jairus is just that much better at everything else. I mean, the passing is awesome. I, I believe in the shot, too. Like, he took and made... He was a confident shooter at that end of the year where he was just catching, shooting, and hitting at a very high, like, 40% clip. I believe in everything he can do. I think the thing that would ruin him in the sense that he could be ruined is if a a, a team isn't as creative... To get him in the short role to use his passing, because I think like if he sets a bone-crushing th- screen for Dame and he gives him the ball, he can either score or he can give it to the guy in the corner or you know anywhere in the court where he can he can use his god-given passing. If Chauncey Billups limits his decision making to only dunking, I think that that's where he isn't as valuable as he could be, but. I mean, if you watch what he did at Houston, I mean, they were the number one team in the nation. And I think Marcus Asher's entry is the reason why they weren't as good as they could have been. But, I mean, he, I, I, I'm just in love with him. He's he's my number four guy. Easy.
0: Number four, I have Amen Thompson from Overtime Elite. Mm-hmm. I really don't know where to place him. He could be number two. He could be out of the lottery. Like, it's – you ha- I think whoever takes him, the front office – has to have some stability. They have to have the job security from ownership to say, we want to take this risk. We are very aware that it could blow up. We're also very aware that he could become the next great thing. And we just unlocked everything with our franchise. You have to have the security to take a massive risk. And this is maybe the riskiest pick in the entire draft because of how high he's going to go. Uh, six seven, incredible burst loves the one hand passes uh can just see the floor especially with his size can navigate defensively he's going to be a positive uh he's gonna play the passing lanes he's got incredible length I mean lateral speed he's going to be able to just be a matchup nightmare on that end of the floor um the thing that is stopping him from I think being the number two pick in this draft is his jump shot the the jump shot is hesitant it's not comfortable it's the mechanics are all are are all messed up and when he misses it's not front to back it's side to side and over the back yeah it's 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 a question mark a major question mark and a legitimate reason to not pick him but if you're portland and you want to move on from dame because i don't think he makes sense with with dame on this roster you don't put him at the three he's he's whether you like it or not He's a point guard you have to play him at the one he and Shaden would become the the most athletic backcourt of all time without question you would have incredible positional athleticism verticality length speed quickness i mean it would be like jordan and pippen type of stuff uh, on the wings and you could do a lot of things there um i'm not gonna lie he is tantalizing to take it three if he's there and if, if you're not absolutely blown away by Brandon Miller and scoots off the board. Maybe you just, I mean, this is a front office that, you know, somebody said this and it clicked with me. They they do take a lot of unconventional risks. Anthony Simons, IMG Academy, Shaden Sharp. Nobody had seen him play a competitive game in, in a couple of years. And, they, you know, that they still take him. They take these athletes and they kind of go against the mold. They don't care what your competition level is. So I think if he wows them, in this pro day, there is a legit shot that they that they go in that direction. Um Bring in a shooting coach, do whatever you bring in a sports bring in a sports therapist, sports psychologist. Hype him up. Hey, you're the greatest. Like, don't be afraid to shoot the ball. Like, as long as he's not Ben Simmons, and he's afraid to shoot, that's when you have questions. He just has to make open threes, like wide open, like that. That's his only job on shooting the basketball, dunking, and just making your open three. So they're like, okay, we can't leave him open. Like when you watch teams out. play Jared Vanderbilt, they don't close. They out. don't close out. And then he makes <laughs> like two and like, okay, now we have to close out. That's all he has to do is make these wide open mm-hmm. threes where he can make a sandwich, have some chips and then shoot the basketball. Um, maybe the highest ceiling outside of Wemby in, in this class. But I also am aware that he could be out of the league after his first contract. Like it's, it's that, boom or bust but Portland took a boom or bust prospect last year and, and it paid off sometimes it's good to to double what down
1: Coach, you I feel like you need
0: creativity with MN Thompson Tyron Lue Eric Spolstra yeah. you gotta uh, have I mean, culture and you gotta have adjustments those are the two biggest things you need from a coach Charles Lee I,
1: I, I feel like Charles Lee would love the challenge of MN Thompson and Shaden Sharp you cannot have Dame on the roster if you pick MN Thompson though absolutely cannot um, but if you can get him, like, I feel like you need to have a leg, like a superstar, all star point guard to dip. Like, he had Pug- no, he didn't have pujeter. That's good. But having a guy like pujeter to help and tutor him on how to be an actual point guard, I think that's important because you know, he's just using it again. He's just using his Randy Johnson fastball. He needs to, he needs to have something else.
0: Italy is. <laughs>
1: Thank God that was said while I was not talking, so that's easy to take out. By so
0: that. you clearly have a Sar Thompson. Yeah, three I do. You.
1: yeah, I do. I think
0: that he, I think
1: that as a man is the biggest risk reward, right? I think that a sort has a a comfortable ceiling or a comfortable floor with the exact same ceiling. I think that he has much better dribble moves than his brother. Much better. Like I think his handle. And Scoot Henderson's handle is the best in the class and, like, legitimately will be, like, NBA 2K level. Like, here's the me- here's the source crossover. Here's his behind the back. I think that his dribble moves are that good. So you match that with the amazing speed that he has, the control that he has with his dribble moves to create space. The fact that I, I actually believe in his shot now that, like, I think that he can create space and shoot a mid range. He can create space and hit threes. I think that that type of shooting is actually like he's capable of doing it at a normal NBA player rate. And the fact that he has just this amazing speed, this amazing finishing ability, like offensively, I th- I, I don't feel the risk that I do with a, a man defensively. I think he could be all pro defensive level because the way that he uses his athleticism to get in the passing lanes and make defensive playmaking stuff. It's like, oh, he he's legitimately, he, he can be on that list with Jarris and Wemby as the best defenders in this class. So I, I, I'm i a humongous Assur Thompson fan. I, I believe in the shooting. I believe that the, the thing that locks him to superstardom is the process of getting others involved. I don't think he is a point guard yet. He could be. He could be just like his brother, but I think his brother was the point guard his entire life. So he has the moves. He just doesn't have the process of, I created space. Let's get somebody else involved. I created the defensive reaction. Let's get somebody else involved. He's trying to score. If he can get to that part where he can process the game and involve others at a good level, he's a point guard. He's legitimately a point guard because... The way he can generate space and win that one-on-one matchup. We're looking at, at at the playoffs right now. Winning that one-on-one matchup is so important. Jokic wins that one-on-one matchup against the best defender I've I've seen in a very long time in Anthony Davis. Jimmy Butler wins a one-on-one matchup against all of the Celtics. I think that Sir Thompson wins that. And if he can use other players in his, in his process and develop that, and I know that's going to be a long process, Sir Thompson...
0: I think is the third best player in this draft. Number three for me is Brandon Miller. Fair enough. Again, I don't. I like the floor. I, he doesn't have the ceiling of the other two that I, that no, I no. talked about. Um, the the keys for and the reason I have him third is because of the of the shooting. Uh, <laughs> I think you could put him alongside Shade and Sharp right now, and you have a extremely nice foundation. Um, he doesn't need the ball in his hands. Uh, he shoots well off of movement. He has great size. He has nice fluidity. He wasn't finishing early on in the season, but then towards the end of the year, he started to figure out how to finish. And we kind of saw that with Shaden Sharp as well. He wasn't, he was kind of just like, I'm just going to try and use my athleticism and and go over people or just, you know, he just didn't know what to do. And then he started to, he was finishing over Rudy Gobert to close out game. So like players can get better. They can process, um i like his ability to to dribble and playmake he showed a lot of that um at alabama and i also think there's a mid-range that he Maybe is totally. gonna get unlocked nate for Oaks, the first part of the year it sucked it was nate, really coach is basically just a five out often like he, he just mm-hmm. he wants nothing but threes and like the mid-range is completely you know nixed from from their their uh game plan but i think i think he's closer to chris middleton than he is paul george but Chris Middleton was a fantastic Robin to Giannis's Batman. So like, let's like Chris Middleton is a fabulous player. And I would say like, I'm not too worried about his athleticism. I'm not worried about the strength. Kevin Durant couldn't bench 185 one time coming out of Texas. And he's done just fine for himself in, in the league where he's going to be able, there's two things where he's going to be able to get his, his shot off is creating space. CJ McCollum, not the best athlete undersized impeccable at creating space. Watch Jason Tatum. I uh, just saw him in game game four against the the Miami Heat dipped his shoulder in just a little bit, got that space, put put the shot up. There's two things that concern me about Brandon Miller. The first is the release of the shot. And when you're talking about taking Dame, Paul George type of step backs, he has a little bit of a dip. Is that going to um is the accuracy going to decrease is it going to make it easier for defenders to block that shot uh especially if you're pulling up and you got a defender in your face and you're bringing it up a little bit that may be something that needs to be tweaked if that's not able to be tweaked that really limits that that puts almost he pencil. needs to speed up his shot for sure and the the, 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 the yeah just the whole process i think <laughs> takes a a little bit i'm not worried about him in space i'm not worried about no. him off of, of movement uh it's really off of the handle off of the dribble uh, any any area of the court that, that that is a little I would need to see more of that and the second thing is he cleared legally right okay. he brought the gun to his teammate that was used in a a murder right is he hasn't been charged but we've all seen things come out later is there a, a testimony that's going to surface um, you're looking at a NBA that doesn't want that John Morant is going to get hit with a gnarly suspension because he keeps flashing, you know, guns on social media and Mm -hmm. he's not breaking any laws, but the NBA does not want to be a part of, of that um, gun culture. And you're also looking at a, a franchise that, that take a fan base. I should say they're very sensitive, very seriously. Like we want our guys to be good guys on and off the court. And, you know, we're not just going to let, let things slide. So like, is, is he cleared? Like, do your due diligence. You know that's all I can say because right now legally he's fine. But do you think you gonna, he's going to
1: be a good defender, neutral
0: or yes, bad? Yes, I, I think he's going to be a good defender. I don't. I think he'll be solid. I, he's not going to be a first team or second team all defense, but I no, think he's no, be no, solid. no, yeah.
1: I don't. I, I think that. I think that the way that we're going to have to use him is put him on the power forward. That's. I mean, that's. I think that's fine. But I,
0: I think. I do he's, think. Have, we are, over, and this is why I put him third. There is bust potential. I am fully aware of that. But at the same time, this kid's SEC player of the year, mm-hmm. SEC freshman of the year, best player on the best team. I mean, just had a sensational season and improved over the course of that year. Like at a certain point, we need to start putting stock into the production, right? A lot of these players we're talking about are ideas and not actual re- realities i think brandon miller is closer to his reality than he is uh the idea of what he could become so i don't want to overthink that too much clearly there have been great collegiate players who don't translate michael beasley being I totally. think, a, a number one example um so portland is happy with brandon miller fine if they decide somebody else is better i can i can see that too like miller you could say brandon Miller is the ninth best prospect in his class and i say you you're right so I just think prospect. that the
1: screen navigation and his lack of strength is a humongous issue defensively.
0: I think strength is easy. Like you get into an NBA weight room, like right. Get, get strong, get into a program. Um, he also has. What about process. it? I mean, have
1: you watched him get, he dies. He, he, he cannot navigate. He cannot navigate in a, a tight space offensively or defensively. So I, I, I mean, he's said like, we're, we're talking about little things like screen navigation and, like, how, how he plays defense or, you know, him getting that pull-up jumper. Like, we obviously think he's a good talent, but I think that there's some major issues in, you know, his profile. I'm just like a sword, just like i Ben. I mean, Jerris's ceiling isn't as high as, you know, those guys, but, like, I think they all have issues and I think that I mean we haven't talked about Brandon Miller, so I think it is good to at least talk about like how he his process is a little slower. I mean, but I, I believe that offensively he can be a very very solid like, I don't I think, don't he's, think he's, ever he's a number a Batman. one.
0: I don't think you're drafting. No, he's Batman. a nice number two though. You're drafting a Robin, and if you so believe he be can be Batman, just like,
1: like... on scoring, where let's say there's a superstar. That isn't a great score. I think that he can lead the team in scoring, but I don't think he is the leader. I think that no, he can no. he, he can yeah. he can carry the weight by scoring, but I don't think like if he plays with Jimmy Butler, obviously Jimmy the Butler is a star, but he could be the leading score. I think that that he's, way
0: he's Middleton to Giannis. And that's like that's totally fine to take with the third pick. Like you need to if you're as high on Shaden Sharp as I am, you need to draft him a buddy. You got to draft him a wingman bike Uh this would be a great pairing um floor spacing shooting shot making I mean just awesome wing positional you know size and and just everything that you could could ask for clearly we have this podcast is running a little bit longer Uh, and and, and we clearly have scoot at number two and when at number one I don't really want to touch too much on women Yama. I think well, there's has,
1: no chance to touch it. Talk to him. a
0: lot like, has it, been said. I think the only thing stopping him is, is injuries, but there is a chance we could uh, draft scoot Henderson. So let's talk about scoot just a, a little bit. And then let's wrap this one up.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're going to do a podcast dedicated to a mid full. Um, I think that obviously his athleticism is pretty amazing, but I've always felt like his vision is just as amazing when he gets into the paint, he finds that open shooter so effortlessly. Like he has a humongous bag of dribble moves to get him into a place where he can just run downhill and find players. I find that that, I mean, we see it with Dame. He, he drives like 18 times a game. I think that Scoot's vision just makes him so much more of a threat than Dame because Dame is trying to find the guys in the corner. I think Scoot, or, no, he's finding the guys in the wing, excuse me. But Scoot finds guys everywhere with his vision and passing abilities with that amazing athleticism. So, I, I, I'm i just – watching him play against grown-ass men is just such a, a fun experience because he can play t- – he can be as tough as these dudes that are just scrapping. But he's just so much smarter than these guys with what he can do anticipating who's open and how to get them the ball. So – I think that he is outside of Wemby who no chance of getting him. I think he's the best with uh with uh with uh what's Shaden Sharp. So I I mean I I'm, I'm amazed by what he can do as a playmaker and an offensive player and then defensively he's just really good. Like he puts this pressure. He is a good pressuring defensive player at 62. So I mean just imagine if he was taller but like the fact is he is game. He plays his ass off. And that effort like when we talk about Derrick Rose he wasn't a good defender. We're actually having the guy that's magical offensively that cares and plays really hard defensively and is good defensively. So that that's why he's so captivating to me.
0: I agree. Uh, I think Portland needs to do whatever they can in their power to draft Scoot Henderson. That's the guy I want. I, I don't care if you have to move up to number two. Um, I would
1: I would trade I would trade every pick just to move up that that that, that spot. I think those five I,
0: second rounders you got for GP, the 23rd pick, what, whatever. Yeah. He yep. you need to draft Scoot Henderson. But I said it before the time to rebuild is now. The backcourt of Scoot and Shaden is undeniable. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So fantastic. I think we we talked about Brandon Miller not being a Batman. Scoot, Scoot's Batman. Scoot, I, yeah, Scoot doesn't I do I play Batman. He's more, like he wants to be Superman. I think more importantly, he's Batman mentally. Like okay. he, with, with the phrase like he's him, Scoot is him. He's got mm-hmm. that alpha. He's got that dog. Like everything that you want, Scoot is built for this. He's been playing competitively in the states since seventeen. Yeah, he needs to improve on his three-point shot, but he's not taking collegiate threes. People bringing up these comparisons, he's shooting NBA threes right now. Like mm-hmm. he'll, he'll get better. He's already a, a, I think he's already a respectable shooter. He's like, going to get a closeout every time, right? Every time. And he's just, he's going to lead the the, the franchise. I, I think, I really hope Mike Schmitz and Joe Cronin Do figure this one out because they, they, they are so close to building something so special don't screw it up. Um, I mean I would
1: I would trade the thir- I would trade third Anthony the the the, the, the Knicks pick the, the 5 seconds anything I can to get Scoot Henderson because I think that he is that good of a prospect. So I mean getting Scoot is probably the most important thing. So all right, this has been a surprisingly long podcast. Thank you so much for listening. A lot of Holy Backboard content will be out because there's not that many Fridays before the the draft, so thank you so much for listening. We appreciate everybody. If you have questions, please send it to us, IG, uh, Twitter, anywhere where we're, uh, you know, around. Please ask us the questions. We're trying to do mailbags, um, but thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate you. Boof.